All right, let me quickly remind you of the WhatsApp voice note numbers. It's a Friday today, 060-708-0484-060584-2250. You're live at Metro FM, Radio 2000. Now, the game of cricket often has a white face to it. And I'm not being funny. That's how it's been for a very long time. Otherwise, fighting for transformation would not have been an issue. It would have been, oh, okay, you're a good cricketer, come. Not, oh, you're good black cricketer. Stay home. We don't need you. It would have been that simple. But, I mean, that is slowly beginning to change. And I say that not because now we must celebrate. It should have been that way long ago. The fact that it's changing is not credit to anybody who is changing it. That is the way it should have been. But in Mzansi, we focus on other things. But our legend this evening, I mean, is one of the people who should be credited with changing that whole narrative and also proving that talent knows absolutely no color. I mean, he's a name that resonates with many, many aspiring young kids in the townships, especially in Soweto where he comes from. I mean, his, his journey, a prolific left-hander. And when people talk about the pull shot, it kind of became the stuff of legends. That was, that was our legend tonight. I mean, he was even labeled as, the, as a development player who had benefits such as an opportunity to work as the MCC ground staff back in 1995. I mean, this man, he won trophies for the Heifelt Lions. Won them trophies. In fact, I can even add and say not was he just winning trophies as if they were winning them before. No. The Lions were hungry. Hungry, these Lions. They had not seen a trophy. They had not seen a medal for five years before he came through. I mean, how can you have Lions and Lions are starving there? You see their ribs. Lions must be fed. They had nothing. Five years, nothing. He came and he proved the naysayers wrong. You know, because a person who, who looks like him was not supposed to achieve what he achieved. Remember his attack here, this one. So when you come to the Lions, five-year drought, you're winning every single year. You're just cleaning. And, ah, let me not spoil the story. But keep that in the back of your mind. So there were those that doubted him, and he proved them wrong. And he just kept on achieving and achieving. But don't be fooled, though. He's not only a cricket person. He loves his football. He's very active on Twitter, especially when it comes to football. He's a staunch Mamelodi Sundowns fan. And he'll tell us exactly how a Soweto boy went all the way to Mamelodi to support a team that is there, leaving all of these Soweto teams behind. So basically, this evening, we're also speaking to a league champion. Let's welcome our legend this evening, Jeffrey Doyana. Baba, good evening. Uh, good evening, Rob, and evening to the listeners. Um, it's really an honor and a privilege for me to be sitting on this chair. 
I'm greatly humbled by the invitation. Um, even though it took about a couple of years for the Scorpions to find me. I know. We've been knocking, but th- th- there's a reason why we had to insist this time. And, and, and you'll know the reason in a couple of weeks' time. But there was a reason why we needed to make sure that we, we, we get you on board on a Friday. So all I'm saying, Jeffrey Doyana, is thank you for affording us this opportunity. Thank you for agreeing to be on the show. You're a legend, and you deserve to be here. And you deserve to have been doing a lot of other things that you've been denied an opportunity to do. But it's okay. We'll deal with those things as we continue our journey. But firstly, congratulations, league champion again, Mamelodi Sundowns. Great feeling. Yeah, great feeling, Rob. I mean, it's getting easier by the year. I think this is turning into a farmer's league. I mean, I think for the next five, six years, I mean, that we'll be winning the trophy. <laughs> into a farmer's league? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. It's, it, it, you know, like, it is quite easy for us. I mean, like, we've got a good squad at Sundowns. Yeah. And, um, yes, Chiefs, Chiefs have made the Champions League final. Um, congrats to them. Yeah, but, but we'll see them in the league next year. At least, like, they can sign players now, so, like, the competition should be quite tougher. Like I said, I mean, here's a Soweto boy. You leave your Soweto teams. You know, I was speaking to David Mukhashwa just now. You leave your Swallows, you leave your Pirates, your Chiefs, and you go there to Mamelodi. What was the attraction? Um, the attraction was at home. I mean, Dad and Mom were Pirates and Chiefs. And then I had about five brothers and two sisters. So everyone was either pirates or Gs. And then my dad used to take us to like Orlando Stadium because I am from Orlando East. And then we used to go there. And then if pirates, um, uh, you know, win, you know, then my mom is not happy at home and my siblings are not happy at home as well. And then it becomes an issue at home. So I said, no, no, I don't want to be part of this. And then by luck, I mean, like, uh, on, on to get the late Zola Mahobe. Mm-hmm. was a good friend of my older brother. Oh. So, like, that's how I basically got involved in, you know, you know like, uh, like, my big love for Sundowns. I think it started in, like, 1987, 1988. And then since then, I mean, I can still see now Andres Chicha, you know, after scoring and then him running back to Mark Anderson at the back there. You know, Ivi Kambule, I still remember that. You know, like, about like Kimulise, you know, about Mudau, you know, like, those type of guys. So, like, I enjoyed, like, the style of play that they played, and then I didn't have any trouble when Pirates or Chiefs were playing together, ever because I was the only one on the side. That is amazing. I mean, you still remember Bo Panyaza Chicha, Andres Panyaza Chicha, Abosh Kosh. Hey, I mean, the, 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 there were beautiful nicknames, and you know, that, that was a beauty. But you don't mess around. I mean, you just talk about Zola Mahob as if it's Justin Jay, but Zola was the guy who brought the glitz and the glamour, who, who made sure that Screamer Shabalala was there, who made sure that, you know, Screamer, you know, transfers the piano and shoeshine, and he takes the players overseas with their girlfriends and wives to go watch an FA Cup final. That, that stuff had never been seen in this country before and when you were associated with the big boss that's a big deal <laughs> hey jeffrey yeah i was quite fortunate i mean you know and uh, like I used to come orlando and chill with my brother there i mean you know like like he, he was a very you know humble man i mean like like you wouldn't know you know like like if you didn't know him i mean like you wouldn't say that you know like that's a big boss you know like of sundowns at the time i mean he changed the mentality of professional football as well and he paid the players well, which was a good thing. I mean, like, they flew all over, you know, the show. And, uh, like, you know, like a guy like Screamer, you know, like, was a very good coach for Sundowns. 
but for you, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, he'll go down in history as, as obviously having been one of the best, and that is why they enjoyed the kind of success under him that they did. So what fascinated me, and I bring in the football element deliberately, I, I bring it in because, I mean, your father, Gus, was pretty well-known. Uh, and, and I say this advisedly because I obeyed to me, he was... <laughs> and 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 this journey within cricket is something that lies within the Soweto Cricket Club. Um, old man is a very popular, very famous individual. Uh, captain, there was a chairman, I believe, as well, right there. But but it took you a while to really warm up to this this game where. Hitting the ball and someone's catching and running and and so <laughs> tell tell me about dad firstly though. Yeah, it took a while for me because my dad had um, three sons before me, and then he tried to get them to play cricket. I mean, you know, like in the apartheid South Africa at the time, cricket was not a sport that black people, especially in Soweto, like where I grew up, uh, it's not a sport that people took into it, um, you know, easily. Even with me, I mean, as a township boy, you know, like I played soccer. And then I tried boxing, but I only lasted about two days. You know, I got punched Two in days the or two rounds? <laughs> no, two days. You know, like the first day, I mean, like we were doing some, uh, you know, like you know, like the sparring and things like that. Yeah. And then we came the second day and then like we had to go fight. And then some guy hit me in the eye. And I was bleeding on the nose. I said, no, 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 like this is not me. You know, like, I will not play a sport where, like, I'm going to be hurt all the time. And then, yes, I went back to soccer, played soccer a lot. And then I started to get into trouble, you know, like, as a Cassie boy, uh, since Shalamata Icy, um was starting to smoke and things like that. And my dad picked that up quickly. Uh, but I wouldn't say, I, you know, like, I was his favorite, but he took me, like, everywhere he went. When he went to play games, you know, like, I used to go to him, um, I used to go with him sometimes. And then, uh, yes, I got to like the game, you know, in a way. But it took some time. I mean, I started when I was about 12 years old, which is late um, to start, you know, like in terms of cricket. And uh, mm-hmm. But I did have the basic skills because I used to watch my dad play a lot. And, um, yes, so like I started, you know, like in 1986. And since then, I mean, I've enjoyed the game. I've loved the game. I've, you know, like I've played professional cricket. I've been, you know, overseas. I've played in England as well. And I've played here as well in South Africa. Um, I've played about 87 first-class games, which is, you know, a lot for a kid coming from Soweto, which um, it was not easy at the time. I mean, you know, like with your big cricket bag, you're trying to go get a taxi. Mm. And, and, you know, like and the guys on the sides are calling you Hansi Cronier. I mean, like, why are you playing a white man's sport and things like that? So, like, we had to persevere, you know, like, and be strong. You know, like those times in the township, I mean, like, it was not safe at times because there were a few times when police stopped me as well like thinking I've got AK-47s in the bag I mean like yeah. imagine as a 13 or, or like 14 year old kid you know police harassing you like on the streets and thinking that you've got stuff that you don't need to have in your bag and then when they open their bag and see cricket you know kit and cricket stuff then like they used to smile you know so like that's how I got past those things and um, yes the perseverance for me like was a big thing and um, yes, tough, tough as well, tough with the coaching in those days, because like they didn't understand um, township boys how it takes, um, how it takes with three taxes to go to a venue. 
Mm-hmm. And um, how at times maybe like your parents can't afford to pay for that taxi for you. Uh, you can't make it sometimes because it's a choice at home whether to buy bread or to give me like that 20 rand to go to the wanderers and come back. So, um, yeah, look, those are the things that have gone past. And then also the third thing at the time for me was the coaches at the time, like not understanding, you know, the players that they're working with, telling you like when you're late because we are a taxi business, as you know, you know, like you have to queue, like you have to wait. And then the coach will tell you that you've got no discipline, you know, like you're not going to make it. I mean, why are you always late and things like that? And then some of my peers like stopped playing the game because of those type of things. But I just persevered and then I kept going. And here I am today. <laughs> and I mean, that, that is amazing. 87 first class games is, is not something to, to really sneeze at. And you know that cricket and the bags and everything that you carry it's almost like you're going away overseas for two weeks, <laughs> you know. It, it, there's a lot of luggage there. And when you're trying to just take a, a normal taxi and you're going to take three taxis before you get to your final destination, it, it, it's something that can also just knock your confidence. Like you're saying, people were teasing you and saying, hey, Ante Grenier, calling you all sorts of names. But what was it about you to say, okay, never mind the cops thinking that I'm smuggling uh, weapons, never mind the people calling me names, never mind getting to training late, which is an inverted commas because, you know, the coaches and the players, they're spoiled, they've got money, they can arrive early. What was it that made you persevere and keep going? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was that, like my father, you know, he really, really pushed me a lot. And he just made sure that I didn't end up with a bad crowd, you know. And um, there were times I wanted to stop because I couldn't take it. I mean, you know, it, it was tough. I mean, you know, like, like as a young boy, you know, being harassed like that, even at the stadiums where we were playing, I mean, you find out, uh, uh, that, you know, like that you're the only black guy there. And then you're sitting on your corner there and then you open the newspapers all the time. They're talking about the quota system, you know, are these guys good enough? I mean, why are they here? And things like that. So, like, I spent a lot of time with my dad. And then, like, the biggest change came when Kaya Majola came from the Eastern Cape to work for Cricket South Africa. You know, he changed, you know, my mentality in terms of how I see the game and how I read the game. And um, he taught me to be mentally tough as well and not um, to be pushed aside, you know, by people, you know, but because uh, the biggest thing I had goals as well, and my vision, I mean, was to play for South Africa. Yes, I know at the time, um, as a pioneer of black cricket, you know, it was not going to be possible because, you know, like of opportunities sometimes, you play sometimes and then, you know, uh, some other games you don't play. So, like, there's no consistency, you know, like in terms of selection. But I'm happy, like, with the contribution that I made, as a player at the time, just to create, you know, opportunities like for those young black cricketers who are coming through. I mean, guys like Kemba has come through now, guys like Tachiso Rabat has come through. Mm-hmm. And it shows that, you know, our work at the time, you know, like was not in vain because it was not easy. And then we had to persevere, you know, and fight. I mean, guys like Makai and Dini as well, mm-hmm. I mean, for the, you know, like the same battle. And guys like him, Abolos Bosman as well. I mean, like they all fought the same battles. And I'm glad that we've uh, somewhat come come on the other side of the scale. I mean, if, even before knowing or even meeting you, Jeffrey, the, the one thing that I knew you were termed as, and this was absolutely true because 
when people would write about you, they would say that you were Soweto's best player, and with no doubt. I mean, obviously, as the story grows, we'll find out that it, it didn't only just was all about Soweto, but it was a, a bigger spectrum. But the measure, based on where you were from and, you know, dad's uh, history and his past and how he was being able to play, was that an, an additional motivation for you to say, okay, you know, uh, like I see, this is a massive place. Uh, there is no greater cricketer right now than me as Jeffrey Toyan. Yeah, I mean, it was a motivation of some sort. I mean, even though like all my friends were playing soccer and things like that, but I was quite motivated because I knew that my dad as well played for the Black 11 um, mm -hmm. team, you know, in the 1970s. So he always said that he was a better player than me. Also, like he was a left-handed better as well. And also like I was left-handed. So like I wanted to prove something to him, you know, and then I think I've proven it to him because, you know, like we played a game together. We played for Soweto Cricket Club together as well. Yes, he was quite older at the time, but um, but to see him bat and to see his technique, I mean, I really, really thought, no, like this guy, he really, really can be the better that he, he, he like always talks about, you know, like himself and things like that. And then I look at him and I look at my technique and um, definitely better, better, you know, like than him. Huh. <laughs> I love this. I love this rivalry, man. And that's why, you know, great people are very, you know, they're very competitive. And I can also tell that it, it stems from the family. You talked about late blooming, but when you make your first class debut, you know, so this is first class now. This is the first one of 87. You were 21, if I'm not mistaken. Was yeah. that deemed what? Was it just that deemed now as somebody who had shown that they good, the application was great, and then now was ready for, you know, first-class debut. How, how did that work out? Yeah, I mean, from school cricket, you know, like moving up and club cricket as well. I mean, I was the captain of Soweto Cricket Club for many, many years, and I always performed. And, um, you know, yes, I don't know whether by luck or by government push at the time, because the government, I think it was Steve Trete, mm -hmm. who was the sports minister at the time, he forced people to start playing black people, you know, because we're never going to play if, um, you know, at the time the government didn't um, push, you know, because they said, like, they need one black African player to play mm -hmm. in every team at the time. And then quite coincidentally, I mean, like, I made my debut for South African invitation team in the first ever game played in the township in a first-class game. Uh, the, the team was captained by Hansi. Coincidentally, again, John T. Rose played in that game. Uh, guys like Mary Pringle played in the game. And then we played against England at Elka Stadium in Soweto, like where I grew up. I mean, you know, like the feeling of that game for me to be a Soweto-born person and to make my debut in Soweto, I mean, like it was really, really something special. I mean, like Nelson Mandela was there at the time. Steve Trete was there as well. I mean, you know, like and the people of Soweto came to support the game, which shows that the people do love the game. It's just a pity that, um, you know, like we, we, uh, we've not moved forward, you know, like in terms of the township cricket, in terms of, you know, facilities, you know, you know, like getting improved. I mean, it's still unbelievable now that Elka is still the same, you know, as it was like 25 years ago. And this is a ground which hosted first-class games. But like, there's no improvement in terms of the infrastructure 
and the facilities, which is something like that is disappointing and um, and not right. You know, like our kids are getting into trouble, like they're getting, you know, like in the bad crowds, there's drugs, you know, like around in the townships. And, that you know, I think for me, like what saved me to not be in prison or dead at this time, you know, like was sport. I mean, sport can change people's lives and sport can take kids out of the streets. You know, I think that's something that Cricket South Africa like have to look into and make sure because we've got talent in the townships, like there's talent in every township in South Africa. The biggest thing, you know, is that infrastructure and giving opportunities to like our children. Hallelujah. I, I, I love that because that's been one thing one has been trumpeting on the show to say, come on, government, come on, department. And you mentioned the late Steve Tretter. If there was one person who sport ran through his veins, was that man, um, especially cricket, because we all remember him crying, heading off to India the first time South Africa was back after readmission into, in, into the sporting world, you know, obviously cricket being one of them. So he loved the game. So he wasn't sports minister by default because, yeah, he's a comrade, therefore you can move from minister of, you know, sanitization and what, what, and then you can move to sport. No, this is a person who genuinely loves sport, like Nwanda Balfour genuinely loved and knows about sport. And that is what you scream out for, because if you're not just fulfilling a portfolio, but you're doing it because there's a sense there, then you would have what happened in 1995, where England goes to Soweto to play cricket. And all sorts mm. of innovative things do happen. And it is a pity, though, Jeffrey, that we find ourselves now with an Alka Stadium that has probably had nothing done to it that has changed it from the time you were playing. Yeah, Rob, uh, really, really disappointing. I think also, like as you've just pointed out as well, like the sports minister, you know, he has to have an idea, you know, like about sports. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, so that he can know, like, you know, like about the challenges, like that township people face, you know, like in terms of facilities. I mean, Elka, you know, like as I've said, I think it's worse than when I was there, you know, because I went there a couple of years ago and then I saw it as I'm thinking, no ways, man. We We cannot be... You know, you know, like at the same stage. I mean, like there's no growth. Like there's nothing that's happening. Um, it's really, really disappointing. I'm sure, like the Houghton government uh, can do something. I mean, they just uplift our communities. You know, everywhere. I mean, yes, like let alone like there's about three grounds in Soweto, for example, which caters for like how many people are in Soweto? I mean, eight, 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 ten million people there. I mean, how can we function on three fields? I mean, like there's one at Elka Stadium. Like there's one at UJ Soweto and there's one at, you know, in Dobsonville. Three grounds to cater for all those people there. And then you go to St. John's, a school, or cares. All those fields, like there's about six, seven fields, you know, on each school. And all the fields are lush and they're beautiful. And like that's why like there's talk sometimes where people um, give abuse to, to to maybe like our black African batters yeah. to say like, well, you know, these guys are not performing and things like that because like they don't know like where we come from. And and also like they don't know like the facilities like that we grow up in, you know, like, the, you know, like the other kids, I mean, it's quite easy for them. They're playing in nice facilities. You know, everything is, is easy. Like they've got, you know, like all the nice coaching that's happening. But mm. township boys, I mean, it's a different it's struggle. Five, there. Six years behind. It's a big struggle. Yeah, it's, it's a, a big it's struggle. A different struggle. All right. After the yeah. news, though, uh, we got some fascinating tributes uh, uh, that we're going to play out. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the journey uh, that you've had.
I still think you should have been the Proteus coach, uh, but that's another story. We'll, we will touch on that. We'll touch on a lot of things. So be part of the conversation right now, though it is top of the hour. Jeffrey Dion is my guest. Uh, we've got uh, Kumbuzile Tabate heading up the news at the top of the hour. Jose Mourinho, a.k.a. Terrace's Puff, Jeff Diana. I think one of the best coaches I ever worked in, and I don't think it's any surprise that he is one of the most successful coaches in South Africa. I mean, this guy, how many proteas he produced? I mean, there's a lot of proteas that he produced. Not only that, it was not only a coach, of which it was his job, but Jeff was a father figure to all of us and most of us um, in the Lions team. No wonder we produced so many trophies under him. Oh, cheddar cheese puff. <laughs> cheddar cheese puff. Uh, they, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> you, you know that. that. that Do you know who that is? There is so much love that is there, man. All right, firstly, just a big thanks here to Kumbuzi Letabati with the news at the top of the hour, right on Metro FM as well as Radio 2000. Um, Jeffrey Tohana is my guest. Uh, yeah, well, Eddie said it all. I mean, how many proteas you've produced is a long list of proteas, and they're still thriving even today, even captaining uh, the proteas. Um, just saying that you're a father figure. That, that, that was the one thing. That is the one thing that has been consistent. How do you respond to Eddie and what he said? Yeah, um, thanks, Eddie. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I really appreciate what Eddie has said. I mean, I think he's um, quite correct. I mean, in terms of me as a coach, I think my strength is, is that, um, you know, like I'm quite, you know, like emphatic, uh, you know, when it comes to my players. I mean, black, white, Indian, colored. I mean, I'm, you know, like I'm a player's coach, you know. Um, you know, but because I've played the game as well, and, uh, you know, like I've seen coaches that I didn't enjoy, like their coaching styles, and then I've learned from that and to make sure that, you know, I get the players to play for me because coaching, I mean, is about the players playing for you. And um, and also coaching is about changing people's lives, you know, uh, like no matter, you know, how small you change like their lives, uh, because all, yeah, because it's not um, that all of us will play for South Africa, but it's important that, you know, you like instill, you know, like those good values, you know, like in the players that you work with so that, you know, even after like the game, after they've played, like they can be better people. You know, you know, like in the society. All right. As I said, plenty of uh, tributes because this is about the people whose lives you have influenced, and they they were more than willing. They were more than you know. You know, when people say they want to speak, they're like, "Who, <laughs> Jeffrey? Of course." You know, they're not going to mess around. Even if they got a date with their partners, they were like, no, 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 we're going to say something. And uh, actually, let me not tell you who it is, but listen, you, you'll know who it is. Good evening. Good evening, uh, Brarop. Ethi Mbalati here. Uh, thanks for bringing the legend today, you know, on your show. Yeah, I played with Jeff, you know, for the Titans, you know, for so many years. Good evening, good evening, uh, Brarop, Ethim Balati here. Uh, thanks for bringing the legend today, you know, on your show. Yeah, I played with Jeff, you know, for the Titans, you know, for so many years. Yeah, what a legend, you know. Uh, I have just a short story to tell you. His father coached me as well in Palabura when I was young. And then later on, and then I moved to Pretoria to play for the Titans, and then... 
I was like, very fortunate or lucky to play with Jeff in the same you know, team or sharing the same changing room as well. And then a few years later as well, he did as well, um, coached me as well for SAA, SAA invitation and all that. Yeah, you know, what a legend, what a special human being. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Brarobi deserves better, you know, uh, a big job as well, you know. One day, you know, uh, to see him coaching the Proteas as well, you know, he's capable of winning trophies, he's capable of producing, you know, uh, 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 Protea players and stuff like that, you know. Uh, all the best, uh, uh, Jeff, in future again, you know, never give up, you know. The sky is the limit, but to you, I know that it's not the limit. You're going to get further and further and further and achieve your goal and get that, you know, the national colours as a coach. Chap sharp. Epi, thank you so much indeed. Again, warm tribute. I give you 40 seconds to respond. Otherwise, we're not going to get through all of these tributes because, trust me, you are loved <laughs> and we wanted to make sure today that you understand that you're a true legend. Epi has said a lot, was able to be coached by your father, and not only that, play with you and then you coach him later on. I mean, what a journey. Yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy journey. I mean, Epi, you know, he came from Parabola. Uh, him and the Titans coach like Manza Mashimbi were coached by my dad. Um, you know, and f- for us to connect, you know, like later on in life, I mean, like that's something that's quite unreal. I mean, quite happy. I mean, he's a good man now, you know, Eddie and, and things like that. But for me, yes, he says that he hopes that I go on and, and to achieve better things. I mean, yes, I've got a vision, and my vision has not changed, you know, over the years. Yes, like the dream was deferred a little bit with missed opportunities and things like that. But uh, like my vision is simple. You know, I will coach the Proteas one day and I will win, you know, like you know, like that World Cup for the country. Um, like that has not changed. So like that keeps going. And, you know, like that's something that pushes me, you know, all the time. Yes, I've had to start again. Uh, yes, I'm starting again. Um, you know, like I'm a positive guy. You know, like I've learned a lot as well. I've learned to control like the controllables. And the things that I can control is my attitude, is the passion for the game, uh, you know, you know, and I know that I'm one of the, you know, uh, one of the hardest working coaches in South Africa, and uh, like that will not stop. I mean, like I'm a level four coach as well, um, you know, like I've ticked like most of the boxes as well. So, so yes, maybe like my time will come, and when the time comes, you know, you know, like I'll be quite ready. All right, and you've got people that aren't even qualified yet and they're coaching at national team. Uh, That is the mess that is South Africa. Uh, I'll always remember they say, you know, Jeffrey Toyana, um, when you were appointed after, you know, Dave Nosworthy, you know, left, that that appointment itself, and historically and unfortunately with South Africa, it, it at times has to come down to race. And at that time, you were the first black African to be the head coach of a franchise in, in, in 2012. And that meant something. But we'll come back to that. L- let's go to another tribute. Uh, you, 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 you'll find out um, this is uh, Mr. CG. That's the only thing I'm going to be saying right now. But you, you, you'll get a sense <laughs> of who it is. <laughs> let's listen. Scooby, Tata Kakumo, Autiga Juliet. I hope you are well, my friend. This is Colin Kawa. Yeah, Jeffrey Toyana is a long friend of mine, childhood friend. Uh, our fathers played cricket together. We ended up also playing cricket together. He's a former housemate of mine, a former roommate of mine, former teammate of mine. Uh, but uh, he was always more talented than most of us and uh, went on to obviously 
play cricket uh, at higher level, not just at club level. And uh, I've always been a fan of you, my friend, as you know. I've always even banked school, which is not good sometimes, banked uh, class during the varsity days to come and watch you play. And uh, it has always been good watching your journey. I've always been a fan of you, even a fan of you now as a coach. And uh, it's good to have shows like this that still recognize people like you while they are still alive. And uh, I hope you keep well and you keep going on because you are an inspiration to a lot of us, a lot of coaches coming through, especially coaches who come from underprivileged areas like you come from uh, because you come from the so-called dusty streets of Soweto where a hope is very, very little. But you've shown that uh, you don't necessarily need to come from a very beautiful environment to go for beautiful uh, uh, achievements. So I wish you all the best, my friend. And as always, I'll be behind you to support you. Thank you. Colin Clover, thank you so much indeed. Celebrating <laughs> legends while they're still alive. A An old friend of yours. Glowing tribute. Your response. Yeah, cheapest. Um, but yes, I was not happy like with that nickname that he's come up with. I mean, <laughs> like that's my old yeah, that's my old township name. You know, like in Orlando East, I, I don't know where it came from, but in Orlando East, I mean, like when someone says Scoopy, then I know like this person knows me like from Orlando. You know, like wherever I am, I mean, you know, like I'm gonna get him for that one. Yes, he's a special friend of mine. We've grown up together, and uh, yes, I appreciate his kind words as well. Thank you so much. No, beautiful. Thank you so much, Colin. <laughs> All right, l- l- let me move straight along, though, because you, you, you'd imagine the caliber of people that are listening right now who, who are appreciating just every word, every conversation, every bit of wisdom. But here's AP, though, also paying tribute. Uh, good evening, Mr. Robert Marawa, uh, Aaron Pangiso here. This message goes to Jeff. Uh, Mr. Jeffrey Toyana, uh, you've been great. Uh, you've been great for me. Uh, you've been great to the sport. Uh, I think uh, a lot of coaches like you are underrated uh, because you don't only contribute uh, on the field when it comes to players. You contribute uh, even on a personal level. Uh, that is what I enjoyed the most about you. And I'll always enjoy that about you. And from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to say thank you very much for the contributions you, you've had in my, in my career. I know I made my, my debut for the Proteas uh, playing under you, uh, which you were a big part of that, me being selected for the Proteas. And I hope that you carry on to contribute to a lot of players' lives. Uh, yeah, you are Chera. Jeffrey Toyana, the legend of South African cricket. Thank you very much for your contributions, Baba. Aaron Pangi, so thank you so much indeed. <laughs> Pendula I'm Baba. Chef, I'm in chess, but oh, yes, yes. Where do you get all these people? I oh. mean, you know, Pangi, thank you, thank you so much. And coincidentally, Pangi, you know, you know, he's come back home now. He's part of the Titans family now again. Beautiful. He started his cricket at Titans, then he went to Lions. And then I think he's following me. 
So, um, yes, thank you, Pangy, like, for those kind words. I really, really appreciate my jump. Uh, O-R had <laughs> no words. I think he was just speechless. He gave a short tribute, but it's a beautiful tribute. Thanks, O-R. Listen very carefully. GT, you are a true legend of the game. Thank you for the opportunities you've provided for some of us as players. Thank you for trusting us as a coach. And we hope to see you coach the Proteas one day. All the best. Cheers. Ombile. Ramela, okay, thank you so Ramela. much indeed. Yeah. <laughs> GT. Wow. I'm in tears, Rob. Thank you. Thank you so much. Eh? Ah, I really, yes. really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm quite loud on Twitter. But now, you know, yes, yes I've just, yes, I'm a show man. You know, like I I'm always, in, you know, like I'm almost in tears. But uh, thank you. Thank you to the guys. And I really, really appreciate their messages. And well-deserved, though, because, I mean, we got a boy, Jack Madi saying saying that, uh, you know, you're a gentleman and a scholar, uh, you're a champion, um, the Gordon Templetons of this world, you know, uh, I think you wanted to talk about the, the Oval and so on, and, and, and all sorts of things. But th- there's lots of voice notes. If we had a show up until 10, the voice notes will play uninterrupted, and I'm not even exaggerating. I wanted to quickly touch on this thing because I cannot leave this conversation without just firstly, the lions. I mentioned at the top that when you joined, this lion was very hungry. The lion had not eaten. The lion was, you know, into my exactly and all you see is ribs. That's what that lion looked like. And you came through and you gave them something. Every single season, they were lifting something. Their biceps were stronger because they had something to lift. <laughs> you know. Um, and I think you won basically at whatever level that you're winning trophies. And, and them having to let you go because of one season in Yana that um, they had to say goodbye to you. How, how did that how did that sit with you, firstly? Um, yeah, to be honest, Rob, I think, you know, like at the Lions, when I started there, uh, you know, like I became bold, you know, you know, and we became bold as a squad because we sat down in our camp, you know, like we went to some city. And then, you know, like I said, the, you know, like our vision, you know, like as we move forward, you know, is to be the best franchise uh, um, team, you know, like, like in the country. And people thought, you know, like I was mad. I mean, they thought, I mean, like you've not won trophies five, six years. Like how are you going to be the best franchise team, you know, like in the country? And also, quite coincidentally, I mean, like I, guys that I've played with, you know, like in the squad, guys like Alviro Peterson, guys like Neil McKenzie, the Clifford Dickens, you know, like of this world, Aaron Pangiso as well was part of the squad. Mm-hmm. So we just set out and uh, like we made sure that we leave you know by that vision i mean you know like every time we came to training you know like our plan was to be the best in the country and after my first year i mean we definitely like became you know like the best team you know like in the country you know as we speak now you know like a team like the lions i mean are one of the best teams you know like in south african cricket and i'm quite um fortunate and happy to have played a part in that and then yes in terms of your question i mean like my time at the lions rob to be honest was done you know, it was time for me, at least after five years, to move. You know, mm-hmm. like that's when the Protea thing did not happen. But a lifespan of a coach, you know, of a cricket coach in franchise cricket, at least it's four to five years. And then I was but fortunate you, but enough. But you did it. You did it. Yeah. I mean, four trophies and four seasons. 
Yes, yes, I did that. But also, also, you know, like I ended up staying seven years at Lions, like, like, which was, you know, like a long time. I mean, and yeah. also, like, there's no coach in South African cricket today who's coached one franchise for five years. So, but they were not so, winning like you were winning, you see. <laughs> so let, let's yeah. qualify that because I know you're a humble guy, but I'm not going to allow you to get away. <laughs> and, and that's why, for me, I felt some type of way when they had to let you go. Um, mm. <laughs> and and Doc Monyane, uh, you know, the, the chairman of the Lions cricket then was, and I mean, I, I remember very well then. That's why I had to go and dig it up. And when <laughs> he was thanking you, saying that the franchise would like to thank uh, Uche Fri for the commitment that he has shown and look forward to seeing the value that he will add in his new role because they then shifted you uh, to development or high-performance coach or, or something like that. But for me, the yeah. words that hurt me, and I'm not even Jeffrey Doyan, it says, I'd like to thank Jeffrey for the commitment that he has shown. Commitment! How, why not the success? You know, because you brought success. You didn't bring commitment. You brought success. And I, I don't want you to comment if you don't want to, but all I'm saying is that for me, it hurt. It hurt because you had achieved at a high, high level. And for that to be just reduced to commitment as opposed to success, I know maybe my English is not good. Oh, when I'm all in Dumbo, man. Yo, 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 yo. All right, we're going to try to get Jeffrey back um, on that line as soon as we can. But, hey, I'm a loser. But um, that, that, that's okay. Because I also wanted to touch on before we come to the end of, of the conversation. And I thank you, man. Yo, guys. You know what's going to happen. We got, we, we got a lot of voice notes. A lot. But I cannot. I cannot let them go. Without touching on this issue. Of the Proteus. You follow cricket. You know that this man should have been gliding into that position. Should have been gliding into that position. Like no questions asked. Not a single question. And while we try to just get him back on the line, let, let me remind you of what happened on this show. Because the then president of Cricket South Africa, Chris Nanzani, was on MSW. And, and in fact, let me not even spoil it. Listen to this. Marawa Sports Worldwide. The president of Cricket South Africa, Chris Nenzan. Do you know whether we've had a black cricket coach coaching the Proteus? Other than Inokungwe on an acting capacity, there's no one else. Do you think that is because there is nobody capable? Or has it just been a case of missed opportunities? Now, I would say it's, a, it's, a, it's an issue of missed opportunities. I'll be honest with you. Because there was a time where Jeff Doyan was winning trophies. He was doing well with the, with the Lions. He always exceeded the minimum. I think it's a missed opportunity that we did not give him that opportunity to coach the national setup. And the targeted majority of the black players belong to which franchise? They belong to the Lions. And the Lions were the most successful under Jeff Doyan? Yes. Same Jeff Doyan who who's now assistant coach, not even a coach at Titans. Yes. So systematically doesn't require rocket scientist to see what was going on. Hashtag NSW. All right. Kristen Zani there, um, basically saying that he exceeded the minimum. <laughs> the whole president of Cricket South Africa, 
at the time. But obviously, you know that after that interview, it didn't take long and, and you know, Chris Lenzani uh, was gone. Um, but that's what it is. He was not given the job of coaching the Proteus with all of that success, with all of the transformation that happened at the Lions ticked. And nobody was counting the black players. They were playing and they were getting trophies. And that is why I say, with the snail's pace at which they've been frustrating advocate Tabeza in doing his job, it is for these reasons that those hearings need to start so that we can clear the way. And if you heard the love that has been shown by the players to Jeff Toyan, then you get to understand. All right, even if he has to come back, he won't even get time to, to comment. So we'll make a plan so that we, 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 finish, we, we finish the show with the dignity that it does deserve. But in, in 30 seconds, because we, we, we've got a dash, uh, Jeff, um, I know that it was a bit of a problem with the connection. But Chris Lenzani said it, saying that he had exceeded the minimum requirement, but still, they didn't give you the job. Just very briefly, how does that make you feel? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, you know, like I had gone past that, you know, and then when he came on your show and said that, to be honest with you, like I was quite disgusted. Eh? I was disgusted that um, he will come, you know, like on national radio and say things like that. I mean, it did not sit well for me. Like for a couple of days, you know, like I was quite grumpy. I was not happy. And um, yes, I mean, like the powers that be like decided that um, um, Jeff Toyana uh, uh, is not going to coach the project at the time. But, uh, mm-hmm. yes, I remain strong. I mean, as I've said, I mean, like, my vision has not changed. You know, like, I will coach the Proteas one day, and I, will, and I will win, you know, like, that World Cup for the country. But, uh, yes, what Chris uh, said uh, was quite disappointing, and, uh, and uh, I don't think I will ever forgive him for, for, for coming, you know, on your show and saying mm-hmm. things like that. Jeff, Jeffrey, there's going to be part two to this show, so don't even mess around with us. There's going to be part two. We're not asking you; we're telling you. Um, you know, and 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 it, it takes a lot of courage when somebody who's just lost his dad, and we say and we send our condolences to Rams Mabote, Uncle Rams, uh, a major part of this show in terms of listening. In the midst of all of that, he has taken the time to listen to the show and he says you know what there's got to be you got to accept that there's something special about Soweto boys well done to Jeffrey Toyana I am very proud of you Uncle Rams thank you our condolences Baba and to the family as well but Jeff thank you very very much indeed have a great weekend thank you for giving us a great show part two will be next we're going to tell people when that's going to happen thank you Rosa and thank you for the opportunity Absolutely. That is our legend. Have a great weekend. Do the right thing.